Almost Awakened podcast, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality. Here we dive deep into the wisdom traditions while acknowledging insightful breakthroughs in science, psychology, and human development. Our goal is to explore the good life and the very best of spirituality, no-nonsense required. Check us out at almostawaken.org where you can check out past episodes, make a donation, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources we shared. And now, today's podcast episode. A little technical glitch at the very beginning uh, left us without the intro. This is the Almost Awakened podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real, And today we are conversating with Rob Barnes on astrology. Um, maybe start off first by just giving us a, a brief bio about yourself so that we get a feel for who you are and um, maybe share whatever you want to, and then we'll start asking some questions. Sure. <clears throat> it was probably um, about 2007 when on my, I guess, path for enlightenment, um, I was dating an astrologer. And, um, you know, there's, there's a benefit for dating in astrology. You get as many readings for free as you want. And it just opened up my world to so much information about me. And this path of enlightenment was purely trying to figure me out what's wrong with the life. How can I make things work? Um, how do I get to know me? Uh, different things like that. And, and then it was just a beautiful tool. So I uh, jumped into it and started pulling up charts of everyone that I could think of and, and then eventually turned this into uh, a professional practice. It's really cool. A lot of people think that um, astrology is hokey, that it's not a real um, science and that there's no validity to it. So what, what would you say to people who um, throw those things at you? Yeah, I, I don't even know if I'd consider it uh, a science, you know, maybe, maybe a pseudoscience, something like that. Um, and, you know, I, I look at science, you know, what, what we can prove. And even over time, things that we can prove have been disproven. So the whole idea of science anyway is a changeable art. So, you know, can uh, astrology be proven? It, that's really tough. There's been uh, many efforts to try and do so, uh, but it's just as hard to disprove as well. Tell us for a moment, like, what is astrology? Like, Mikkel has her idea of what it is. I have my idea of what it is. I, I get maybe the, the gist of it, but how would you explain astrology to somebody? Yeah, what I'd say is at the moment of birth, the alignment of all the planets um, and stars, asteroids and that in the heavens uh, creates a snapshot based on your perspective uh, on Earth where you're born. And from that uh, snapshot, then uh, the planets and or the heavenly bodies would uh, really be able to describe uh, that individual, the, the traits, it's their life path. Each planet represents a different part of your personality. Each of those planets happens to be in a sign, which flavors that part of your personality. And then the sky is divided up into 12 sections, which talks about different areas of life. So you combine all three of those elements together and you have a way of uh, accessing uh, someone's information or personality or life path in ways that are deeper and broader than any other tool I've ever seen. Hmm. Yeah, that's, it's super interesting. Um, I did my, like a, just a, a brief natal chart and I think I sent the link to Bill probably over a year ago and um, I think he did his as well. And it just was fascinating to see 
um, some of the information that it was that it talked about, even though I have no idea what most of it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you do something like that online, uh, you're getting somewhat generic information. Mm-hmm. But what's cool about it, and what I see oftentimes uh, with uh, someone, a non-believer in astrology, is well, this is too general. Of course, that can fit for everybody. And how how am I going to be, you know, is the world divided up into 12 signs? And what you were reading probably was more than just the sun sign or, or your one-twelfth sun sign. It was probably the different planets and the locations of the planets. And you started to read a little bit about your personality through those 12 planets. Yeah, I know so, that the, the the one I went through was Cafe Astrology. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, as I put in my, you know, my, my birthplace, my uh, birthday, the time of birth, it was very extensive. And there was about an 80% overlap uh, as it went through each of these different um, categories of astrology. I don't know what the word is, but these different kind of categories. Like this, this is the sun thing and this is mm-hmm. the moon thing, whatever that is. And about 80% of it was deeply accurate. Um, to the extent where I'm like, wow, that definitely is describing me and it wouldn't even be close to describing my wife. Um, it feels at least to myself and to the others in my uh, realm of, of awareness who have used the natal charts that it's been extremely close to them too. I've, my wife's done it or some of our friends have done it. Like Mikel said, um, I've had my kids do it. It was extremely accurate for them. Um, your thoughts may be on like how much of the population or what percentage of people this tends to be accurate for. And, um, and, and maybe, maybe talk about it from that point. Like how many people does it seem to fit really well and who does, and what percentage of people, maybe it doesn't seem to fit. Um, I would say uh, for accuracy, there's, there's one piece that would be pretty critical and that would be the time of birth because that would set up, uh, quite a few different things in a chart. So without the time of birth, it's going to be a, uh, a little bit general. Yeah, you can still find the placement of all the planets and what signs they're in. Um, and so you'd just be limited to that. You wouldn't know what house or what location of the sky those would be in, uh, which is uh, which is quite broad. So as for in in those cases where I have time of birth, uh, there, there may have been in my few thousand readings, there may have been maybe two people who says, yeah, that just doesn't, doesn't really fit me. And uh, I, I don't see why accuracy wouldn't be, you know, close to a hundred percent. I would say there's, there's good times when an astrologer could be misreading something. Uh, I could read something and another astrologer may interpret it something different. Um so I, there's that. I don't think the accuracy so much is in the astrology, maybe an astrologer. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, what, from the astrologist standpoint, what makes this stuff work? Work is there? Is there? Again, I'm I'm guessing as a as a layman who just takes kind of an interest in this as an outsider, um, it, it feels as though the answer is that you know. Various planets are causing various pools, various uh, forces are at work in the universe, and that that these forces have some kind of impact on the intelligence of evolution in creating a 
diversity among human beings and probably other species of animals too, but a diversity among human beings that is um, posit- a positive effect upon our survival and the perpetuation of our species. I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on why all this stuff does what it does. Good question. And I don't know if there's a, a one true answer. I've looked at many different reasons why it may work. Um, you know, for, for example, uh, when you're born, moving from one location of the cosmos to Earth, you're, you're moving through the different realms of these planets. And as you're moving through the realms, you're picking up parts of each of these planets in your, uh, in your being, who you are. So when you're born, yeah, you've now integrated all this. Um, so don't know, but, but the, the idea is there. Um, I've, I've explored the idea that, um, you know, there might be some magnetic or some kind of pulse or some, something that each planet gives off, uh, at our birth that, you know, where the location is that that has some kind of impact shaping, uh, you, your body, your soul. Again, I don't know. Um, there's, there's all these different ideas and they've been debated, uh, as long as astrology has been around. So, uh, not really sure why or how it works other than, uh, through thousands and thousands of years, it's worked. Uh, was some guy responsible for, you know, sitting, watching the skies for a hundred years, mapping out, um, you know, with the planetary movements and timing it to earth events, uh, that just seems like hundreds and hundreds of years of uh, laborious work that you just don't have all the insights. You don't have all the information. You might know a little bit what's going on in your own country, but you don't know what's going around the world. But what's interesting is uh, astrology formed in some, uh, some way in every different country. Hmm. So Rob, you, you were talking about, um, like passing through the heavens and picking up certain properties or certain characteristics as you're passing through the heavens. So what do you mean by that? Um, Picture as you would uh, the model of the universe that we understood through grade school. Um, And so you you have, we consider Pluto still a planet. So you have 10 heavenly bodies, the sun, the moon, and, and the planets. And so as you're coming from the cosmos down to earth, um, you have each of these orbits that uh, you're passing through one at a time. So it's possible that as we're our, that spirit or soul or whatever it is that is moving uh, could have picked up some energy from each one of the planets as it came through, where that planet was located, the aspects that planet was making to other planets. When I say aspects, it's like angular degrees that it's making to other planets. Uh, which causes maybe certain energies to uh, to perfect or work in a, a certain um, a certain way. So it's possible that you're you're picking up all these energies as uh, as that spirit moves through the cosmos to Earth. Gotcha. So I, I I'm a nurse. I work in the healthcare field, and people often give the moon a bad rap. What do you what do you feel about that? Uh, the moon is is highly important in astrology. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's modern astrology, if it's ancient astro- astrology. The moon, um, the moon is a big and beautiful piece of it. Um, I haven't necessarily uh, 
looked at it or heard of it as a bad uh, giving uh, receiving a bad rap. Um, the moon, because it moves so quickly, fluctuates uh, much quicker than any of the other planetary energies. It the moon r- revolves around the Earth uh, every 28 days. And so uh, that'll make it move in a chart really quick. It, it'll spend two and a half days in a sign. So in the sign of Aries, two and a half days, and then the next sign and the next sign. So it's going to make aspects to all the different planets so much that it fluctuates the highs and lows. Um, you talk to a cancer personality who uh, the ruling planet is the moon. And they may be a little bit more uh, emotionally dynamic than uh, than someone uh, Capricorn or or someone like that. So, because okay. that planet is their planet and it moves so quickly, their moods change more often. So I, I can see how that would make sense. And what I meant by the moon gets a bad rap is the joke among nurses is that all the crazy patients come out on a full moon. Yeah, and I would love to see some data behind that, but because it seems like that would be the case. You know, I've I've tested things myself on my own, um, and it just seems like there's some validity to it that um, that emotions are building. Like the week before uh, a full moon, emotions just start building, like a like a zit starting to form, and then finally it pops. You know, and then you're like over it. And I've tried it with people who know nothing about astrology and just uh, right. talked with them, kind of leading up to it, and. And the area of life where this is happening in your chart is the area of life where you're feeling this this buildup of emotion and pop. Gotcha. So I, maybe, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mikhail. I was just going to ask, um, maybe explain some of the, like, what does it mean when the moon is your rising sign? Or what does it mean when um, the, yeah, Bill's shaking his head. That's, mm-hmm. that's the only one I know is, like, what does it mean when the moon is your rising sign? And maybe some yeah. of the positions and- yeah, the, the thing that you would look at is the three biggest parts of your personality would be the sun, the moon, and the rising sign. So based on the time you're born, you know, where are those in the sky? The rising sign would simply be what was the sign, or if you want to put it in simple terms, what constellation was rising uh, at the east horizon at that exact time you were born? So if the constellation Aries uh, was rising, uh, or in my case, Scorpio was rising in the east, then that would say you're a Scorpio rising or a Scorpio ascendant. It's the same thing. But then that would say my sun is in this place, my moon is in this place. And uh, you could say uh, the sun is who you are. It's, uh, it's what you identify with. It's uh, when I talk through your sun sign, then you're kind of like, yeah, that's who I am. That's what I identify with. Your moon might be more your instinctual self. You know, when uh, when it's time for instincts to show up, it's like I'm a Taurus moon, and instinctually a Taurus moon just it's, wants its comforts. So I find myself sitting on the couch with my blanket, cookies and milk, watching my favorite Netflix. You know, just because these are all uh, things that deal with the senses and comforts, and and then when I'm trying to do my thing, uh, I'm acting out my sun sign. But then the way people might see me is my rising sign. And it's not that I'm trying to be a Scorpio or put my energy out there like a Scorpio or anything like that. It's just the way I come across to people. And that would be my Scorpio rising. 
So that would be kind of like the mask or your walking billboard or something like that. I, uh, you know, Mikkel was asking about the full moon and I'm a, I'm a skeptic by nature at this point in my life. And, um, when I hear those kinds of things, I go like, yeah, you know, it just happens to be a day where there's just a few more crazies acting crazy. Um, but the reality is I work in a pawn shop and there, there are some days where all the crazies come in on the same day and it's, it's seems significant, right? And sometimes we see what we want to see, but I, it feels as though there's something to that. I, my question I want to ask is this whole idea about time of birth. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a certain time that our conception occurs. We develop inside the, the fetus uh, as a fetus, I should say inside the, inside the womb. And then our day of birth comes in the time of birth seems important to this. And, and yet my logical brain says um, that if this is true, if astrology really does impact our personality and who we are, it, it should start sometime before that the day of conception as a, as the fetus in the womb should matter. And yet it seems as though the time of birth is so dang crucial to holds up to a greater degree or not. I'm just curious what your thoughts are or what some of the ideas are out there uh, in astrology about why time of birth is so important. So the time of birth is your entry into uh, this world. And, uh, and so uh, timing things before that birth, uh, there there are astrologers and belief that uh, that twelfth house. Uh, so if if the time of born creates the first house, the first section of the sky, which is going counterclockwise, that would mean the twelfth house would be the last. So it would almost be the last uh, moment before you were born, and can describe. Um, the conditions under which you are being born. Um, so it, uh, again, it, that would be one of those things that would be really hard to prove. Um, I can't really see a, a way to go and test all these different ideas in, in the scientific way. Um, but then when you get into uh, the practice of it and uh, delineating um, different events or occurrences or uh, your soul and the starting position of your soul, uh, there's things that resonate with people and things that you can see, you know, your birth was this kind of a traumatic birth, or these were the events that were taking place leading up to your birth. Uh, you know, if you, if you can get mom on the phone and confirm some of these things, you know, that sometimes that's helpful. Um, so anyway, there there are some ideas uh, that that some astrologers have tracked along those lines. Yeah, super super cool. Um, I, I I'm kind of uh, so. Let me. In fact, I'll just put the comment up here. So there's uh, there's a gentleman right now on Facebook who's putting several comments up, and one of the things he started off with, he said, "This is illegal." I don't know what why the conversation we're having would be illegal, but anyway, he he says, "Do you really believe in this?" and um, Again, people have watched me deconstruct my religious system. People have watched Mikkel deconstruct her religious system. And and yet, as I've sat around with other skeptics and have filled this stuff out, have done the natal chart, just grabbed the time of birth off my birth certificate and put in the other information, um, it describes me really well. And uh, you're saying, as you're pointing out, it seems to describe most people. Yeah, extremely, extremely well, or, or at least like 
very few people are going like, ah, that's, that's really not me. Um, I, I don't know what to say to people who are skeptics. What, what is your, what is, what is your comeback to people who say like, this seems absurd. This is crazy talk. Um, this is the idea of, we see what we want to see in these things. We tend to gravitate towards generalities. seem to fit so many people that we all see a piece of this in us. I don't think that I, I think the birth chart that I've used in cafe astrology is, uh, extremely specific in various areas. And again, there are some parts, 20% or so that didn't fit about 80 seemed to fit and about 50 to 70% of that seemed to describe me way better than the other personality types around me in my life. Your mm-hmm. thoughts on when people say things like that? Well, and there was uh, one um, uh, conversation thread that I read uh, of yours where people were discussing the ideas of, of astrology and, and the disbelief and um, how incredulous and, and different things like that. And, and what I typically find uh, in, a, in a disbeliever um, is, is some level of, of ignorance. Um, and I don't mean that in any slight or anything. It's just simply um, if I wanted to know about the Catholic religion, I wouldn't go uh, ask a Mormon bishop. You know, I would, I would go and study uh, the, in the Catholic school. I would go find out from them, you know, why this belief works and why, um, you know, why the Bible is interpreted this way. And so um, it's very easy to be a, a critic of religion and say, well, all the religions, you know, are, are good and they all say, you know, this and that. And if you just are a good person, you'll get to heaven. Well, in religion, that's not always really the case. And so uh, astrology could work similarly. Um, it, it, you know, people's ignorance could take them to the understanding of, well, there's 12 sun signs. And so how is, how is the whole world divided up into 12 personalities? I, are you telling me that, that astrology, you know, or that these 12 sun signs um, uh, is, is, is the best way to describe personalities, you know, that just can't be real. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's not because, that's one planet of 10 and then there's 12 signs. Uh, and so whatever that math is, and then there's 12 locations of the sky and whatever that math is, you know, there could be 144 different combinations in my head where there might be 12 in that person's head. And so, yeah, personality can be described, uh, but you have to study astrology to open up your mind to really see the possibilities. And then whether, when you've studied it and you see the, the breadth and depth of it. If you still want to be uh, a non-believer, then then great. Let's look at your twelfth, your your ninth house, and see if Saturn's there, because that might be a good indicator. Do you know any of the history of astrology? I mean, I know this goes way back, and again, trying to understand how we humans learn things and get better at deciphering information. Um, I'm curious. It seems like it would take a long time to kind of parse all this out and figure out, like, as you compare people living in your age, whatever age that is, that this is working or not working. Do you know any of the history of astrology? I I assume this goes way back. It does. And it's a combination of uh, quite a few different um, countries um, 
and their work. I mean, if you can imagine all the astrology that's going on these days, and we have computers, uh, we have charting tools, we have uh, easy access to the information, and it still seems like there's so much to learn. Uh, so, you know, for history to have developed uh, a, a form of astrology, it just seems like there had to be some way to get your arms around a lot of information. Um, but but you can see uh, through different points of history where uh, new advances have, have come in. Um, uh, so, um, so yes, I think the first, uh, what we would look at as, as a natal chart, if I'm correct, I think it was probably somewhere 400 AD uh, where, uh, where there's an actual record of one. So, you know, if you could look at something like that and, and get the idea that, oh, they were practicing, you know, a level of astrology on the person level back then, that's kind of fascinating. I'm just thinking, because I think, I think it's... So how, how do people... Oh, go ahead. No, I think there's a little bit of a delay for Bill and I, but I think that this, this is all interesting. I was listening to a book, oh, and I wish I could remember which book it was talking about, but it, it talked about... I want to say maybe Aristotle or or some philosopher way back who um, studied the stars and was charting things. And because of um, the religious system, he had to hide some of his findings and his research and and or change the things that he um, believed so that they closely matched uh, what the religious system, you know, the the doctrine that the religious system. Um, had and so it's just interesting. I, I think that there, some really cool things that we don't know. Well, interesting that comment. Uh, you know, is it even legal? Um, you know, there there were at different times in history um, that the practice, uh, you know, an astrologer would be killed. You know, like you take a king of a land, and if astrologer is going to be predicting events on this king, well. You know, I don't want that information out there. I don't want my enemies to have that information. Um, let's just uh, get rid of the astrologer. Or as you referenced, you know, religious times um, when uh, same sort of thing. If astrology is going to give you information uh, and information may make you um, less likely to be controlled by some sort of a, a organization, um, I think there may have been times in history when, when a church kind of came across as a controlling force. So, of course, uh, astrology would be looked at as, uh, as, as a negative. Um, so let's, again, outlaw astrology. So, and those things existed for many years. Um, and there were even uh, some laws enacted to make uh, some of that work illegal. Um. What is the usefulness of this? So people who are, this is an arena that they uh, find find value in. What is the usefulness of astrology to folks? Like I like, I like astrology from this point. Um, there's the Enneagram. The Enneagram divides us all up into nine personality types. And I'm a deep believer that those nine personality types exist and that, that we can better understand ourselves uh, by using that, but but I, I'm not. Let me put it out this way: When I see the horoscopes and I and it says you're going to have a lucky day today, you know, or you're going to stay away from people today, or whatever that is, I, I tend to be more skeptical of that 
And then when I look at the natal charts and, and its description of personality, I tend to make more space for that to be, to be, for there to be some truth there. And I'm wondering how the rest of the world incorporates astrology into their daily life or what value they find in it, how it can be useful to them. Well, if people find astrology through horoscopes and look at astrology just as horoscopes, I can see why there are so many non-believers. Because a horoscope is um, is simply taking the sun sign and you know making some statement on the sun sign based you know where it's at. So it is it is uh, uh, I don't know if you could say it's kindergarten astrology. Um, it's a gateway uh, to other, uh, to deeper forms of astrology, but it's just it is uh, so minute that it. To me, it's kind of worthless. I don't even read a horoscope for myself just because I, I don't really care about, you know, yeah, you're going to have a good day. Well, if I'm going to have a good day, I want to see it in the chart. I want to see all the reasons why, uh, what all the planets are aspecting, because in a good day, you might have part of it that's a bad day. And, and but you can see that with different, uh, with different techniques. So, so I, I don't really care about horoscopes that much. Um, what, the, what is the usefulness? Um, I'd say there's two parts. Um, for me, uh, what I needed to know was how this how this thing drives. So, if I'm having a challenging life, I want to know how things are set up. If I want if I want uh, a a Ferrari for a car, and I own a Toyota. I'm never going to have a Ferrari, but I could get to know this Toyota really, really well. And I could even soup it up in a lot of different areas. And that's kind of how I look at life. You're, you might be given a Ferrari or you might be given a Toyota. And so if you're always dreaming that your life is supposed to be this Ferrari, we'll get to know the Toyota really well. And so I would help people uh, see that part of their life. Or if they're living as a Toyota and they're meant to be a Ferrari, hey, there's things that you're missing that you could look at or work on and you could achieve these results. And so I, I, I like that aspect. Um, I also like the aspect of, of prediction and understanding, you know, here's influences that will be coming up in your life. How can you work with these uh, to a greater degree. So there's a, uh, one of my favorite movies is A Knight's Tale. And it's a story of a kid who grew up as a peasant and all he wanted to be was a knight. And there's a line in the movie that I've always loved. And um, the little boy, his dad's talking to him and the dad says, change your stars. So can a person who is a Toyota ever achieve the Ferrari like like you're talking about? Or are, are you stuck in that, um, like, is that your life? So let's stick with that Toyota theme. Um, a Toyota is never going to do 200 miles an hour, um, but a Ferrari is not going to have the same gas mileage. So I, I look at, uh, you know, each each individual and say, well, there are uh, different parts of your personality that are, are are there to shine um and in some areas of challenge so everyone's going to have both are some charts set up for more success in areas than others absolutely so does that mean you can fix that like if you're bound to your chart just says your 
your money situation is just never really going to work out. Can you do something about that? Um, that's arguable. Um, there's, there's, with understanding, it may be something that uh, that there's things you can do to um, change. I'm not going to say you're going to change your chart and change your stars, but uh, change how, your attitudes about how you're doing it. Um, it's like you can still work with what you're given for best results. And I think that's an area that, that we really focus on when we do uh, chart readings is uh, if it's money that's a struggle, well, then what are all the different things that in your chart that we can talk about regarding money, your attitudes? Uh, is it your money? Maybe, maybe guess what? You're not supposed to be the one that goes out and makes bank, but maybe your partner is. You know, or maybe it's a windfall somewhere, or uh, maybe it's it, money's not your focus in life. Maybe it's these other things. And so if you're able to understand these things about yourself and understand that as we're doing readings, lights are coming on. It's not like I'm telling you something that is like so preposterous to you because you just don't feel it. You, you start gravitating towards uh, these parts of how you're built that are comfortable. That's, that's really you. Well, Bill, I was having a hard time waking up this morning. You know how it goes. You stay up too late partying or hanging out with friends. And then you've got to get up early to record a podcast. So what do we do in those instances? And on every other day of the week? Coffee. Red Roca coffee. It helps you and me as we're awakening in the morning. My favorite brew is Heathens or Good Mojo. And sometimes I like it hot. In the summertime, every once in a while, I'll drink it cold. Red Roca Coffee is a small family-owned business here in the United States. If you need a cup of joe to help you awaken, give Red Roca Coffee a try. We're sure you'll like it. We're sure you'll like it. That's Red Roca, R-O-C-A, coffee.com. When you place your order, put in the code AWAKE. A-W-A-K-E. You'll get a 10% discount, and you'll get free shipping on orders over $30. Check out Red Roca Coffee today. Again, Red Roca Coffee. For those times when you need help awakening. The, uh, we seem to be talking a lot this morning about the, the sun sign. And I'm just, I'm curious if, in my mind, I'm thinking like whatever forces are closest to our planet, those are going to be the ones that have the strongest impact on how this works or doesn't work. And I'm curious if that's the case, like if we point to the sun or the moon, or the planets that are closer and they play a more major role or if, um, or, or if, or if forces that are further away from our planet are having essentially an equal impact, like how does that, how does that work in your mind? Sure. The sun, moon and rising are definitely the parts of your personality that are more felt or seen or act in your everyday. Um, but um, it, it, it wouldn't be true that these are, are uh, more, Hmm. Um, I guess, for, for instance, uh, Venus. Venus rules over uh, love, what you love and how you love. So that's going to still show up, you know, probably most uh, most parts of your day as well. If it's uh, if it can really describe my love language, then you know, am I going to be dealing with things that I love or my partner, uh, things like that every day? M maybe not you know, where I'm still going to be acting my sun sign every day. Uh, so it has a very important and unique part of my life, but it's going to be used where it needs to be used. 
So I'm single and dating. Uh, so if, if my uh, Venus is uh, going to be used, it's going to be used in that arena. Um, and I'm going to do it to do my love language the way that my Venus is built in my chart where someone else is going to do it a different way. You've heard of maybe the five love languages, you know, uh, gifts, touch, acts of service, things like that. Well, all these things could be described by these different Venus characteristics in the different signs. So uh, just finding where Venus might be compatible or Mars, how you pursue what you want. Um, um, Jupiter describing kind of your belief systems or how you believe. So each of these planets represents different areas of life that are going to be invoked when the situation occurs. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just pulled up my, my natal chart and was reading through it again because it's been a little while since I've read it. And um, I don't know I don't know if it's because of where the planets aligned when I was born that, you know, it says that my, my son is in Aquarius. And so there are so, some things that I'm just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Um, so this is, this is good. Yeah, an Aquarius sun... It, it's it's a fixed sign. There's like the each season has a beginning sign, a middle sign, or heart of the heart of the season, and then the end of the sign. Those middle signs are all fixed. Fixed, it can be uh, immovable. And in your case, uh, Aquarius is an air sign. Air signs deal with intellect, relationships, communication. So if you're fixed in these areas, it's like well, you're mentally fixed. No one's going to change the way you think about things. But that's, I want to, like, I, I, I like the pushback because I, I want to have a more open mind. I want to consider other possibilities. I think the, the biggest place that I struggle is when people try to tell me that there's only one way and that I have to do it that way. Yeah. And your sign would be that uh, of the rebel as well, more so than any other sign. So it's like, yeah. I want to march to the beat of my own drum. You know, I want information, show me the data. Otherwise I'm going to create it and, and, uh, and bring it, bring it to the world myself, you know? Uh, so it, those things would be typical for you. Mikkel, what parts of your, uh, of your natal chart, like what are some of the things that says about your, you're like, it describes you better than, than it would describe Kelsey or describe uh, me or describe anything that you know. Like, what are some of the things in the chart that it points to? Um, it says that Aquarians can be surprisingly stubborn. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> so, right. Um, and, and, you know, again, the, the skeptic listening goes like, okay, so Mikkel's stubborn. Great. It got a bullseye. So what? The, the trouble is, right, Mikkel, like as you're reading, this is like 300 paragraphs long. It's really a long natal chart if you're using the same one, Cafe Astrology. And and it's a long natal chart. And yeah, it's it talks, it's not just stubbornness. It's 100 things. It's, it's not. It's And it's it's too hard to put into just a few words. But um, it, it, it goes – there's one section that says that as far as studying or learning goes, you are better off reading material than listening, listening to a teacher – and I always struggled in school listening in class. I had to be doing something or I just was completely bored out of my mind. And so I, I do. I learn better if I'm reading the material or if I'm talking to a single person face-to-face. -face. Um, but sitting and listening, I'm sure you've seen. Like, I'm distracted. It's hard for me to just sit and listen. Yeah, my, my suggestion, I'm going to put this up on the screen here. Um, my suggestion would be, 
for folks. And again, I, I'd love to know your point here, Rob, uh, in terms of if somebody goes like, okay, I'm skeptical, but I'd like to check into it. I'd like to see what, whether this holds up or not. Um, I'd love to know what your two cents is on how they should do that. I'll put my two cents in as a layman who just is looking at this from the outside. Not only go do your birth chart. Again, this is ca- uh, astro.cafeastrology.com backslash natal.php. Um, again, it's it's super important that you put in uh, the date of birth. The, the time of birth is crucial. If you just go like, I don't know what time I was born, the chart, as you pointed out earlier, Rob, is going to be much less accurate. Uh, the time of birth is crucial to this. And so if you've got your birth certificate handy, use that. Uh, if you don't have that, ask your mom. Moms never hardly ever forget somebody's birth time. Um, and then have your birthplace because where you are on the planet is going to matter a bunch as well. But my suggestion is not only do this for you, but but do this for your family. Do this for uh, five or six friends that you know and get everybody to put their two cents in on what their birth date and birth time and birthplace is. And then compare and look, read it and go like, okay, does this describe me better than it describes any of the rest of these folks? And as me and my wife sat and we did our own, it was so uh, – it described my wife to – uh, for the most part, to a T, and it wouldn't have been a dis- good description for me. And it described each of my children so accurately that it wouldn't have described any of my other kids. I'm curious, Rob, your two cents on how people would enter this space and try to figure out, like, is this accurate for them? And is is this resource, um, would, you, would you consider that a good resource to use? Yeah, I, I love cafe astrology. So when I was studying, that was uh, a resource of mine for sure. Um, so yes, I think, uh, I think a skeptic's going to have a challenge on their hands because I don't know if a skeptic really wants to jump into this, uh, this level, this deep and do what you're suggesting. Uh, I think it would be very hard to remain skeptical, uh, doing that much work. Um, a skeptic could come away from it saying, well, there might be something there. Um, I, I still choose not to believe, but I can't deny that I had that same experience that Bill had. What other resources would you point people to to start learning more about astrology? Because um, I'm, I'm certainly fascinated. I think it's super interesting, and I'd love to know more not only about astrology in general, but about my, my particular natal chart and what, what that information means. Um, for, for beginners, I, I really like that resource that, uh, that's already up on screen, Cafe Astrology. Um, there's other websites, but, but they may be a little bit harder to understand, like aspects between planets. You know, if your sun and moon are, are opposite each other, or if they're quartering each other or side by side to each other, each of those things are going to mean something. Uh, and so there's great websites to... Uh, to be able to look at that type of information. Um, <clears throat> but again, uh, you still have to be able to see your chart and understand uh, even that much that I'm talking about. So so when it comes to um, really getting some good information, I think stick with where you're at. Stick with Cafe Astrology. Um, their, their website's built out <clears throat> deep enough, broad enough to really give a good understanding of of a lot of information of astrology. Yeah. And just to note, if somebody uses this website, you plug in the information, when you get done plugging in the information, you hit the submit uh, button at the bottom, it's going to take you to your natal chart. But the very first top, maybe 10% of the page 
is just giving general background information on astrology. You have to scroll down, maybe again, 10% down, and then suddenly your natal chart will begin. Um, my wife is asking, and, and I'll throw this up on the screen. Um, she says, Bill and I are on opposite sides of Venus. What does that mean? And I'll simply say, there are certain types of, in astrology, certain types of um, when you're born and when this other person's born and maybe you get along or don't get along as well. And my wife and I, I think, are destined, we were not supposed to get along as well. And and I can see why, as me and my wife have worked out our marriage over over 23 years, that there are aspects of, of us that don't mesh that great. And yet somehow we've, we've also found really deep places that it's worked and it, and it's beautiful and, and it's uh, still magic to this moment. Um, your thoughts, maybe my wife is in her question. Um, we're on opposite sides of Venus. What does that mean? So I'm trying to understand the question. Uh, is it that Venus is opposite Venus? Like one of the Venus. It's, it's yeah. It's that in um, our births, she was born uh, in, uh, on March 5th, I was born on September 14th, uh, and our times of birth just kind of place us as opposites um, in in astrology. So you'd be uh, a Virgo and she's a Pisces? You got it. Which are opposite sun signs. So, and opposites, as the words say, opposites attract, but they're still opposites. So the identification of, of ego, you know, who you are, there would be some clashes there. But one thing that I see in relationships, <laughs> some <laughs> things I see in, in marriages and relationships is uh, go look at the moon. Maybe, maybe you have a Pisces moon or maybe she has a Virgo moon and therefore someone's sun and moon is in the same sign. And, and I seriously, I see that in marriages all the time. So though one area might conflict, that, again, remember, that's just a piece of it. It's a big piece, but it's a piece, and there might be a lot of other things. So if you look at your Venus and where your Venus is, um, it, it may find, you may find that your two Venus uh, planets um, aspect in harmony, which would create a real ease, a real friendship. It's interesting. I just looked at what my sun and moon star or what my sun and moon were in. And there my my sun is Aquarius and my moon is Cancer. Yeah, so here's here's two really different energies. You know, we talked a little bit about the Aquarius already, but a Cancer moon is nurturing mama. You know, this is the warm, sensitive, um tender uh, but very, very firm on, you know, here's my, here's my little group. Here's what I'm working on. Here's my family. Here's my, um, my project, you know, and you hold that very close to you, but it's a real feeler. So here's a real thinker with a real feeler and you're working out both of these things. Yeah. I'm always in trouble. <laughs> so you would be one to want to track the moon um, since you have the cancer moon track the moon and its movements are you affected generally by those new moons and full moons that's a great idea something i've never thought of before but i'm going to do that now are there any good books you recommend uh rob is there is there a good book if someone goes like i just want to understand like the basics of this um is there is there a good resource besides cafe astrology if somebody prefers to delve into the pages of a book or is there a podcast out there that you find to be because I want people, again, 
think my audience is made up mostly of skeptics as well. Mm-hmm. And there are a few deep believers in astrology, but I think for the most part, most of my audience is thinking this is hocus pocus. And I want them to stay away from the fluff and I want to send them to places where they can get a really solid grounding in, in what's going on here. You know, the first thing I'd say is go find an astrologer who teaches a course on it. Um, you know, far better than any book. I, I, I read a few different books. I don't really have a book that says, oh, this is what what really gave it to me. But at the hands of an astrologer who mentored me, I took some of the information that I knew, you know, from Cafe Astrology and other websites and taught me how it worked. And so if you really want to know, go find an astrologer, take a course. The courses, it's not like it's, uh, you know, going to break the bank. So, uh, and then you have, uh, you have a mentor, you have someone who can answer your questions. If you're reading a book, you might not know where to answer your question. So I, I would say, hands down, find, find a course, whether it's online or uh, I found someone local. Uh, the the gal that I had dated. By the time I you know started real really realizing there's something here, and I got to know. She said, "Go find someone in your area," and so I did. And and what a beautiful mentor that was. And I spent four years with the person and uh, learned how to how to read astrology. Rob, what would you suggest for people um, who aren't able to get their exact time of birth? Is there a way for them to get a more accurate um, reading or a needle chart? You know, let's say somebody was adopted or let's say someone's parents aren't around anymore and they don't have that information. Yeah, and there's a a technique called rectifying a chart that uh, some astrologers will do. Um, I've never priced it out to know uh, what what they charge but they since since we can get the planets uh, and what signs they're in and their relationship to each other just by the day you were born um, then that gives you something to work with and then an astrologer can rectify based on events in your life uh, different themes that have happened uh, we can work backwards to kind of pinpoint here's the time. So that is a technique and and pretty successful technique. Is the time frame how how does that work? Is it based by like per minute or are seconds involved? And is tell me more about how important um, down to the minute is. So generally, you could say there's 12 signs in 24 hours in a day. So every two hours, the sign's going to change. And we're talking the rising sign based on the time you're born. So all it doesn't quite work out this easy. But in general idea, um, every two hours, your rising sign would change. So the sun would be in a different place in the sky every two hours. Um, within that time frame, if you look at a circular chart, 360 degrees, um, about, uh, and I'm referencing uh, astro.com because this is a great place to create a circular chart. Uh, and also it does some free reading for you as well. So that's another website that you could look at. Um, um, every four minutes, uh, you're going to see a change in the chart. So, so I, it does get pretty specific. If, some, if someone tells me, yeah, I was born at 8.30, I'm always, 8.30 came from where? Your birth certificate, mom, uh, just a general guess, because that's not quite good enough. Um, 8.38 might tell me something different than 
Love it. I love it. I love the conversation. And part of what Mikel and I are trying to capture is to have conversations about just a, a ton of different things and to explore the, give our listeners a chance to understand at least some of the basics of, of new ideas and to give people kind of the power and the freedom to go explore new things. Um, it's been really cool to kind of have you spend some time with us this morning, Rob. And I'm curious if people want to like, like, is this something that you help others with, or is it kind of just your own personal hobby that you spend time in or, or do you sit down with folks and try to, help them better understand their own natal chart and other aspects of astrology? Um, all of the above. You know, I, I do this for my work. Um, I would be happy to, you know, have people reach out to me and say, you know, give me some resources uh, where I can go for this specific question. Or, you know, if, if you really do want a list of books, you know, then I can go back and kind of put uh, some ideas together of some books. Um, so, you know, I, to have people reach out to me with their questions, uh, absolutely open to that. Um, I do teach classes on astrology. Uh, I teach uh, a love class based on your Venus. Um, uh, I do readings regularly, and um, uh, you know, I'm I I just <laughs> I jump into the stuff as much as I can. It's like nonstop. How do people find you? Um, you two located? places. Yep. Um, you can find me on the internet, astrologybyrob.com. That's my website. Uh, on Facebook, you can find me under facebook.com slash rob.astrologer. Uh, you can Google um, hump day astrology um, and, and find, uh, I think, some of the YouTube videos that way. Um, YouTube is just something that I've just started to get into. Um, I do a weekly show on Facebook, Hump Day Astrology, so you can find it on there too. Uh, that's on Wednesdays at 11 Mountain Time. And we just talk about uh, the skies, you know, what's going on in the skies. What was that website again, Rob? Give me that one more time. Yep, yep. astrologybyrob.com. Tried to make it really difficult to remember. Yeah. <laughs> astrologybyrob.com. I'm going to, I just want to make sure I've got it spelled right and everything. So I'm going to add a little banner here and we'll put it on the bottom and uh, that would be make correct. sure that that's, is that it right there? Yes. Perfect. So that listeners can reach out and, uh, and, you know, obviously they've already developed by listening to this episode, developed a, a comfort zone with you. And, and if folks want to know more about how this works, they can reach out to you. Uh, anything else like Mikel, do you have any other questions? Otherwise I just want to give Rob and share whatever he would think of in terms of concluding thoughts. No, I just appreciate your time and the insight, and it's been really fun to learn more about astrology and get pointed to some resources that we can uh, explore things further. Thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. When I when I was taking a look at you know, again some of the threads uh, from your site or your show and reading different comments, um, you know, it was uh, it was then that I really thought this would be enjoyable to do. You know, I run into skeptics and run in, run into uh, enthusiasts, and both are a pleasure to talk with. You know, I'm not the combative type at all, and um, I don't feel that there's really a need to. So uh, I would be happy to have you know skeptics even reach out and ask me their questions and um, and you know where to go for information. So astrology for me uh, became. <clears throat> 
um, I guess, kind of a life force. It's it's a way to understand, um, you know, the story of my life, and you know, I'm in the middle of it. So I get to also take a look at uh, what I can still do, what I can still affect, and having tools at my hands, my fingertips to look into, well, what's challenging, what's beautiful um, during the challenging times, like right now. I mean, Earth, uh, Utah just had an earthquake a, a couple days ago. We have the coronavirus scare. Um, you know, what are the silver linings that we can find in those hard times? And I think through your personal astrology, you can find things like that and focus on some of those while the world still revolves around you. So to me, it's been uh, uh, one of the biggest blessings in my life to learn it and to be able to share it. Does, does astrology have any impact on like, like, can you say anything outside of just human beings? Like let's take an individual and we can give them perspective on their, on their personality or um, what they can kind of expect out of life. Does it work more generally for like the pole? Or in other words, could you t- can you tell us anything about how this is all going to unfold with the coronavirus, for instance? So that's a a branch of astrology called mundane astrology that actually will do astrology for uh, a location for politics, for government, and and different things like that. So there are astrologers that specifically focus on, you know, history and seeing what are the repeating themes, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And that's amazing work. It's not the area of work I've chosen. So I couldn't predict what's happening to the U.S. Um, I'm more uh, a natal astrology and the one-to-one person. But uh, there are astrologers out there who will do that. Sorry, it kind of buffered there for a moment. So I I think I lost a little bit of hearing you, but I, I think I got the gist of it. Um, any, any concluding thoughts from you, anything else from you? Otherwise we're going to let you go. And then Mikel and I will kind of pick up afterward and kind of just share some concluding thoughts. Yeah. I I would just say, um, if you have questions, reach out, um, you can reach me through my website. Uh, you can reach me through Facebook, you know, go ahead and find, uh, astrology by Rob on Facebook. Uh, like the page, throw comments my way, come, come watch the show on Wednesdays. Um, add your two bits. Um, it's, it's dialogue. It's open. I love it. And I, I want to share it with people in, in really in any way that I can. Cool. Thanks, Rob. Thank you both for having yeah, me on the show. It's been fun. Yeah, glad you're here. Cool. Have a great day, my friend. You as well. Thanks. Bye-bye. So, uh, Mikkel, do you believe in astrology? Uh, I'm, I still, I'm still a little skeptical. Me too. <clears throat> me too. But and I, what do you do with that? I'm gonna- I'm going to read some more. I'm going to do some more research because that's, that's what I do. And then we'll see. I, I have a hard time in, with believing that anything is absolute. And so, sure, there's some useful information from astrology, but I feel like it's an absolute. Um, and so I don't necessarily, I don't like that. Yeah. I, people perceive me, people per- perceive me as having, you know, I, I deconstructed a religious system. I'm a skeptic by by nature, I challenge everything. And then people go like, but Bill, then you just jumped into this other thing that's insanely crazy and maybe more crazy than Mormonism or, you know, any other high demand fundamentalist religion that other people have left. And um, what I would say is this, it's, it seems so far, again, I've only dipped my toes into it. It seems accurate for me. 
it seems accurate for five or six or seven of my friends who have who have put their natal chart in. It seems accurate for my kids. And I don't mean just like, oh, yeah, kind of like, like, wow, that describes my son, William, way like deeply accurately. And it would not describe my other three kids. And that happened with all four of them. Um, it describes my wife deeply accurate, describes me deeply accurate. It describes you deeply accurate, right? Yeah, but here's here's where I I kind of discount Bill. Um, when I was in my religious system and, and I received a, a special uh, blessing, I thought that was <laughs> deeply accurate as well. And the reality is, is we can make anything that we want be accurate as far as our, like, it just depends on how much we believe it and what our perception is. And so, sure, could it be? Maybe. Yeah. Well, here's what I need. I need all the listeners to do their natal chart. And that way we can have a comprehensive study on this. And if everybody, (laughs) if we get a thousand people to do cafe astrology and to do their natal chart and then return and report, excuse me, return and report and let us know if it was deeply accurate to you and your loved ones and your friends and your children and your parents and, and let us know. And then, then we can make, because right now, based on 15 people, it seems true. So what, (laughs) what does deeply accurate mean? That it describes you better than the people around you and that you perceive it to be pointing to some level of really knowing who you are and what your personality is. I think that the people that I'm closest to could describe me pretty accurately without me getting a natal chart. <laughs> well, they could, but the natal chart is, it doesn't know you. It's just going off of a time of birth and a birthday. So yeah. I don't know. I, I listened to um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell and they did this study where they took, um, there were, there were, some college students that they wanted to study and they asked a series of questions to uh, the friends of these college students to describe certain aspects of their personality. And then they took a group of random strangers and let them wander around the college students' dorms for 15 minutes and see if they could, you know, gather parts of their like information about these students. And they compared the two and they were almost identical so you can you can take random strangers and let them wander through your house and they'll be able to tell you with similar accuracy what your personality is like compared to your friends. So I don't know, Bill. Are you saying astrology is like a random stranger who happens to get it right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so here we are. We're at the end of the episode. You're, you seem to be like, yeah, it seems to work, but I think there's better explanations for why it works and... Uh, no, I'm not saying not necessarily better explanations, but I think it's like a piece. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's the one. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not signing up to get baptized if that's if that's what if that's <laughs> what you're pointing to. In astrology. No, you don't. No, I'm just making a religion joke. <laughs> um, all right, so so I'm still wanting the thousand listeners to do their natal chart and to get their friends and family to do it too. I'd like to hear a reporting of how that goes. And you're saying like, man, just go find a good friend and ask them about your personality. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love it. I, this was a lot of fun. I thought it was a great conversation. Um, I like that there are disbelievers in this as we're talking about it. I like that we're getting pushback on Facebook at times. I don't know. Again, I don't mean any offense to, I don't know how to say his name, Bajale Mirage, uh, who lives in Australia, who's a Hindu 
but he was deeply concerned that we were having conversations that were both illegal and going to have negative repercussions on our karma or something. Yeah, called it. He called it witchcraft, which I think is interesting because I don't think that. Um, again, it's perception. I don't think that witchcraft is necessarily negative, and so maybe, maybe that's our next topic: is we talk to a witch. I would like that. We should we should have a conversation with a witch. Um, let's work on that. I love it. Um, anything else from you today? Nope. Uh, it was gonna, a lot I'm of fun. Go hibernate. <laughs> yeah, you you said yesterday that you're you're stepping away from social media and your phone for the weekend. Um, you work in the health industry. You're dealing with uh, the preparedness of the novel coronavirus, um, and I, I got to believe you know as you obviously are pointing to, it's it feels heavy. Yeah, and I my biggest struggle is for the last I don't know two three weeks I've been obsessed with watching the statistics and watching the coronavirus and monitoring you know which country it's in and how many cases they have and not only that but like how many cases have they had in 24 hours and how many people have yeah. died in that 24 hours and and then watching it as it spread through the the U.S. and it's it's on everybody's mind it's all anybody can talk about at work it's. Like I literally have been obsessed checking my phone multiple times a day. And so this weekend I'm just like, I'm checking out for a minute because I'm going to go back to work on Monday and it's going to hit me in the face again. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk at length about it. Obviously it's weighing on you, but I would, there was a term that was used NIH. Is that new in hospital? There was, they were saying about 70,000 new cases each day NIH. And I, I almost wonder if that means new cases showing up in the hospital. Um, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to that. Um, I know that as of yesterday, we had no cases in Southern Utah. Um, but again, we're, we're limited on the number of tests that we can perform. And so there could be cases that we're just not testing. Um, A lady yeah. came in the pawn shop yesterday. And uh, she comes up to the front counter and she literally just coughed and hacked all over me and our friend, Chris, who, who works with me. And uh, we're both at the counter and she just starts hacking like right in our faces. And we live in a world today where two weeks ago we'd have been like, man, that was rude. But man, she must have the cold or just smokes two packs a day. Now we live in a world where I immediately went to the bathroom, washed my hands, washed my face, um, disin sprayed disinfectant on myself. Like I was like, we know, like I have COPD. And so I'm really scared of this whole thing. But, but the other side of having COPD is that you clear your throat more often and you cough a little bit. And, uh, and I feel like I have to explain to every customer like, Whoa, hold on a minute. I don't have the COVID-19. I just have COPD relax. I'll let you know when my symptoms actually turn into something new. <laughs> right. Right. Everybody's on, everybody's hyper aware and on alert. And I think, I think if we can do what's been asked, which is really hard, the social distancing to just lessen how greatly impacted our healthcare system is, that's going to have the biggest impact, but yeah, it's hard because not everybody is on board. And so you have these people that are being reckless and potentially spreading the disease. They, they say, I read a report yesterday that said for every one person infected or one person tested and that tests positive, there are between five and 10 people who also have it that are spreading it. 
Yeah, this is such a, again, I don't want to keep you much longer. This is such a weird thing in that, one, the symptoms seem to vary so drastically from person to person. Some people are reporting just digestive system problems like diarrhea. Other mm-hmm. people are saying they have just a, like the symptoms of a cold. Some people are talking about having breathing issues. Um, and, and let me say this too. The fear, again, until a vaccine comes out, this is going to be a problem. Even if we shut everybody down for four to six weeks and say everybody stay in their homes, other than the grocery store and the pharmacy, you can't leave your house, um, you're still going to have people going to the grocery store who have it, who don't know they have it. So even if we shut down to four to six weeks and then we go, okay, everybody go back to your normal life, it's absolutely going to pop back up again. So that's one. And then two is that the major concern here seems to be that if this spreads too quickly – what we end up with is five people in need of hospital care to every one bed available. And that medical personnel will have to decide who lives and who doesn't like a, a literal decision of like Betty's 87 and bills 41 bill has mild COPD, Betty's 87, but she's extremely healthy. Uh, they both seem to be experiencing the same symptoms. Which one gets the ventilator, which one gets incub- innovated Um we don't want to run into this. So to everybody out there, like just be smart, wash your hands a ton, disinfect things multiple times a day and be really careful about where you spend time around other human beings in space, in spaces. Yeah. I'll, I am interested to check out um, the mundane astrology that Rob talked about and how that relates to like the earth and those kinds of things. So we'll see. I love, I love you saying this object. I get it. Okay. I will let it go. I'm done. Um, for everybody listening, man, I, I hope you at least give astrology enough space to take two, three, four, five of you, do the natal chart, and just see if it holds any value. And if it doesn't, throw it away. You don't believe it. Move on. There's other big things in life. This isn't something to to waste six hours a day on. But if it's interesting, I think it's like the Enneagram. It tells us something about ourselves and helps us to understand others, and it allows us to Um, when we understand that people are different than us, it allows us to allow them to be different than us and, and to not get worked up over those differences. Cool. Mikkel, I love you. I think you're awesome. I appreciated uh, the conversation today and have a great weekend and, uh, audience. We'll see you guys next time. Almostawakened.org. This has been another Almost Awakened episode. Check us out at almostawakened.org, where you can check out past episodes, make a donation to keep this podcast running, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources shared in today's episode. For coaching opportunities or extra support, visit nonsensespirituality.com to meet with certified spiritual director, Brittany Hartman.